0: Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers, Lindsey Brown and Adrian oh,
1: Hernandez, so the playmakers. Thing, shouldn't we?
2: I think so. I think it's a good idea.
1: I think it's on our list of things to do today. Welcome back. Tuesday, right? Yes. Okay. Confirmed.
2: I, I was just as confused when you asked me.
1: <laughs> March 8th, 2022, International Women's Day a pretty prevalent theme through our program today. Maybe not like front and center, but for sure a shared thread. Because every damn day when this show is on, I'm here. And so just because we got a special day for everyone else.
2: Or a special month, technically, yeah, too.
1: Uh, appreciation is appreciated all of the days, all of the months. And uh, support and investment are very, very important. So make sure that you do something special for the ladies, or whatever, in your life, because I'm, it's hard out here, guys.
2: After the show, I'm going to my nearest grocery store, uh-huh. trying to find you some Scooby snacks and securing you I, a couple. My boxes. goodness,
1: that would be such a such a treat. I, I would love that. You don't have to do that, but uh, I, I would love it. But it is a it is a big day, and of course, on International Women's Day, Aaron Rodgers had to make it about himself. But then that was even superseded by the energy that is Russell Wilson. We have plenty of discussion around the seismic shift of the quarterback landscape in that league today as we learned about Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and all those things. We have a couple segments dedicated to discussing different aspects of that. And we're really looking forward to getting into that. I mean, we'll talk to Joe O a little bit about it because he, like me, is kind of happy because Russell's now out of the NFC.
2: Yeah, but you still got that one guy that's kind of weird in that division. Yeah,
1: him and his man bun are still going to be there. But Joe O unbelievable wager expert type of guy from the BetQL QL daily show. He joins us each and every Tuesday. We're going to talk to him in a few minutes. We have our scout and about which we had, you know, just an overwhelming response on Twitter. Zero people hashtag scouts with a Z. If you're unfamiliar with the bit, stick around at the bottom of the hour. We'll, f- we will tell you what's going on and how you can be, involved in our show, at least our scouting department of the show. Very, very important type of position here. Again, we'll talk about Russell Wilson. We'll talk a little bit about the Golden Knights as they are poised to take on the Philadelphia Flyers in Philly. Guess what? They suck.
2: The Flyers. Well, that's been a problem with us. It has been a problem.
1: And so every opponent, no matter where they are in their journey, certainly is a challenge, two hours. And yeah, the yeah no nights, cupcakes, right? I didn't even nights. really do that much prep for the, for the actual segment because we're going to do like the hockey talkie where we just let me go and you're going to be right over that dump button. Because that's just Hockey. what we're trying to do today. That's a
2: phenomenal segment name, Hockey. Hockey talkie.
1: talkie. We do love rhyming and we love alliteration. And then yesterday we kind of got bumped around. We'll do that sports and Darwinism thing to wrap up our show. We have to talk about Brittany Griner's situation because that has been buried. And it's no question why it has been because there's a lot going on. But we all know that we don't feature certain news about certain peoples the same way and so that's been pushed down including by ourselves and i can no longer stand for it but we will get into that in the second hour but
2: also one more thing that's
1: right today's a very special day yes
2: so the pac-12 men's basketball tournament kicks off at t-mobile arena manana we are going to make sure you get passes to go see the whole tournament, not just here in the 3 o'clock hour. We'll have another pair of passes in the 4 o'clock hour as well. Your two final chances to get a four-pack of passes for the uh, Pac-12 Men's Basketball Tournament. How about that?
1: So we have two pairs of four-packs of passes.
2: Yes, so 8 So eight, eight packs.
1: tickets, passes total, if my math is correct. Don't check it. Do not check. And
2: they're not tickets, they're passes. They're you get passes. to see all the games. However many mm-hmm. you can go to, you can go to each and every one. We got you.
1: We got you. We are here to give those away. We're going to do that twice today. So once in that first hour, once in that second hour. Very excited. We've had winners and people calling in really quickly to get those passes over the last week when we've been doing this giveaway. And so we're very pumped to be here as we always are. But let's get into our can opener that we always do can of corn, can of worms, can of whoop ass. I would probably classify as today as a a can of corn in a way because we're not really sure what we're fully dealing with now that we know that Russell Wilson is going to be the quarterback for the Denver Broncos, but there's plenty of ideas and we know that they had to send quite the package in exchange for one Mr. Wilson. Do you have the parameters of said package over there, Adrian? Yes.
2: Yeah, so the Broncos, of course, are receiving Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick. The Seahawks, though, they're getting two first-round picks, uh, one of which will be the ninth pick in this year's draft from the Broncos, two second-round picks, one fifth-round pick. Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and tight end Noah Fant.
1: No offense, a big inclusion. Am I right?
2: He's, he's Yeah, he had a had a great year last year.
1: Yeah, and we know that before, that Seattle was dealing with very, very bare cupboards when it came to draft capital, when it came to assets, because they had traded a lot of those away to the Jets in exchange for Jamal Adams a couple of years ago. And when we were discussing the potential of Russell Wilson moving on and what that would indicate for the Seahawks, I said, once Russell Wilson's moved on from, uh, DK's going to be right behind. I feel like that probably still holds true do you do you support that statement if, or that hypothesis if that we arrived at
2: Yeah if you're a team in the NFL that needs a wide receiver hello raiders You'd be foolish not to call the Seahawks and be like, hey, D.K. Metcalf, are you not comfortable there? Seriously, How though? about Tyler Lockett? Like, everyone should be on the table for the Seahawks right now.
1: Yeah, and it seems like everybody is. And they're clearly starting their rebuild. I think it actually will be a better deal for Drew Locke because he'll get some space and time to truly figure out. Are you starting quarterback material without having the pressure of – well, it, it, is this another failed Way pick? It, is, this a t- is this a quarterback that can take this defense where it needs to go because they're ready to go and it seems to be like this is the position that holds them back? I, I feel like Drew Locke gets some time to figure out what he is now. Don't you?
2: I mean, yeah, I have no faith in Drew Locke, I'm going be honest with you. I don't
1: either. But like, at least he's going mm-hmm. to a situation where we can see if it's not – if it's him and not the environment.
2: But – I think that Pete Carroll's seventy years old, and I'm not. I don't think he's here for that in terms of exper- being an experiment. And so you to think be, they're not done? I don't think they're done. They have assets to make moves, um, and I know. I know later on we're going to get into what some of those moves can be, mm-hmm. um, but we'll see. I mean, for July, it's an opportunity, of course, to make the most of it. I just, I have no faith, and especially like. You know, Russell Wilson had to make a lot of things happen. The joke that he was always running away from people. Yeah, I don't see Drew that Locke nec- and
1: Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't, I don't see that necessarily changing. And if these weapons and how this unfolds now that your two top primary targets have already decided, one staying with the Packers, one just got traded to the Broncos, we'll have to see how the dominoes fall. But for Drew Locke, at least you're going to be on the field. Uh, who's going to be on the field with you is going to be a completely different story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's just, uh, I mean, for for something that all of us were kind of anticipating, especially with Russell Wilson coming out, you know, last offseason saying, I don't feel protected. I feel like I'm getting hit too much. Here are the four teams I want to go to. New Orleans, Raiders, Bears, and Cowboys. That was before Dak signed. That was before Drew, technically, right around his retirement. And he actually has not a decent year because he had to, obviously spend time on the IR, which he usually doesn't. Like he's actually been a pretty uh, serviceable and available quarterback, which is really the name of the game. And we didn't hear a whole lot out of that camp other than they were, you know, in the dogfight that was the NFC West. And then once we kind of saw, you know, the Rams, the Cardinals reveal themselves, the 49ers later on in the season, as they were able to secure a bunch of victories down the stretch and, and play their way into the playoffs, we just kind of took the Seattle Seahawks out of our public consciousness. And that's what happens when you're not competitive. And like for Russell Wilson to be what, thirty-three years old? Yeah, he's 33. thirty-three years old, he still has a ton of football in him, has a ton of prime left in front of him, and he wants to win. He doesn't want to be a one and done ring guy. And I just think it the entire relationship ran its course in in Seattle, if not probably over Overdue a little bit. This the
2: Legion of Boom is done. It, it officially, officially. I mean,
1: even Richard Sherman was weighing in today about this or somebody called or it was Bobby Wagner like tweeted out saying... Sherm, Sherm called it. And we all know that there's not exactly the, the most friendly of vibes between the Legion of Boom and one Mr. Russell Wilson. Very reminiscent of like Big Three Celtics vibes before they got uh, back together for the 75th uh, Yeah. a couple weeks up. ago. Yeah. I, was, I was shocked to see them together in that, but that's the exact reason why those things are important because not everybody gets along, even though they find ways to be successful with one another. And so to see Sherman respond to Bobby Wagner saying yeah sure I'm calling it. he said you either stick around long enough, or you're you die uh, being a hero or you stick around long enough to become a villain I'm like just straight out of uh the, dark, of the night. dark night yeah. and um you know Pete and and Russell were kind of always a package deal that positivity I think it'll be a very different cultural feel around there I think it's going to be a lot tougher because we forget that Russell Wilson was what second third round pick right they had yeah they had traded for Tavares Jackson from the, from the Minnesota Vikings what a name and then sign <laughs> Matt Flynn from the Green Bay Packers because he threw like five touchdowns against the Lions in, like week 17 so they're like clearly this guy's starting quarterback he Cowder. got
2: paid big money they
1: draft Russell Wilson out of Wisconsin and he goes there and wins the job in camp and so Pete really never had to do the whole implementation with a new guy kind of because like Russell hopped on that, and then you had so many pieces already in place. Otherwise, you just don't see the level of success that they were able to accomplish. What, did he win that first Super Bowl in the second year?
2: Yeah, Yeah. and we're talking about this is their franchise. This is a franchise quarterback. This is probably the best player in franchise history for the Seahawks. Uh, One thing I do want to mention – um, and you brought it up with his age and being 33. So as, cur- as things currently stand now, uh, Russell Wilson is under contract for just two more seasons. Okay. Yeah, we need to um, have this in our minds. Thank yeah, you. This year, 19 mil, uh, $5 million roster bonus. Next year, 22 mil, $5 million roster bonus. Now, Denver themselves, they have $42 million in cap room wow. uh, to make prior to this move. So, of course, they, they're going to have the money to absorb the deal, uh, and they're going to have room to spare to make some tri- uh, some decisions. And I guess... The one thing that that makes sense to me from a Seahawks perspective is that they made this move in terms of I don't think they wanted to pay Russell the money that he's going to want in two years because this is – Derek Carr is going through this exact same scenario right now with one year left in his deal, and that's going to be Russell Wilson next.
1: Well, even the money that they're paying him now until that next contract, they might want to put that in other places so they can develop other parts of their roster because clearly this is not a team that is built to go anywhere. And so that's where I I, I think it would have been very – um expeditious last year if they would have moved on from him right away and that that would have been in the realm of possibility like if your quarterback comes on the offseason says I don't want to be here anymore and kind of starts that drama like I could see people wanting to move on I mean look at look at how Kyler Murray is being uh, discussed about um but you could either do that or you ride out the last two years of his deal you basically shoot yourself in the foot in your rebuild, or at least you're going to do a half-assed version of it for the next two years and then try to, you know, once he's done, well, we'll let him walk or we'll trade him next year and get something for him. Like, you're just delaying the inevitable and you're creating more work for yourself. And in many ways, I I, I think we'll discuss a little bit about this tomorrow. This draft, I have done very little reading, studying, what have you. I'm not an expert, but from my understanding, it's not exactly a quarterback heavy draft.
2: No, not at all.
1: I think that there are certain teams that this is literally what they need because we are so obsessed with fighting the next quarterback because he is the piece. They are the piece. But you have to have the rest of the party around them set up. You can't just show up to the birthday party without pin the tail on the docket, without balloons, without whatever. The kid's going to cry right away. And so you, you have to set that up. And when you have these drafts that aren't nearly as flashy, where you fortify your linemen, where you fortify your, your edge rushers, rushers, your tacklers, your, your positions that aren't as sexy. So you can return to the draft next year when it's all the glitz and the glam, and you can actually have a fair shot of giving your next franchise quarterback a fair shot in of itself because you're putting people around him. And we know that the Seattle Seahawks, the whole, the whole reason why they're in this business is because you said it to me earlier, what do they do in the draft? How do they, they draft perform? terribly. They draft terribly, and where specifically has that manifested itself the most?
2: In this, in the depth, in the defense, in, and, and the well, whole team. In to be offensive honest. line, yeah. because
1: otherwise Russell Wilson true. doesn't want to leave. If they, have, if if the offensive line is halfway decent, he's okay with trying to wait out to see where this defense is going to go, because that's what he's been doing for the last three or four seasons. And so this is a true, like spoonful of sugar or a spoonful of something else to make the medicine go down, because in the long run the Seattle Seahawks will be better for this because that was their only singular championship, right? I They're guess, one, I but guess. if they make the right picks and you can get some, some actual talent in the areas that aren't so transient, because ultimately if drew lock doesn't work out, we can just go to the quarterback carousel and go find what free agents about to go on the precipice of the rest of their prime career. Like those options aren't nearly as difficult to utilize as they have been in the past. And so Let's do ourselves a favor, save ourselves some money, really scout the hell out of these line and all these other positions, and make sure that we get these right, and then pick extra so they have somebody to compete with, and we have our bets hedged.
2: To give you some context, so since 2016, the Seahawks have drafted 52 dudes. Three of them have made the Pro Bowl out of those 52. Uh, One of those has been a punter out of those three that have made the Pro Bowl. Uh, The only really good first-round pick that they made was Earl Thomas uh and they they have now the worst roster in their division obviously with this trade. Yeah. Uh
1: Russell Wilson also They do becomes, find value in later rounds though. You can with, well, with Russell Wilson as an example. I mean, the Minnesota true. Vikings are kind of the same way too. They always miss on their first round picks, but in the depth that's where they can make up for it. But it's not good enough if you're looking for championships.
2: I think uh, I think we're opposite in terms of this trade. Not only like where we see And just the weirdness of why trade Russell Wilson now? Why wouldn't you have just traded him last year if you're trading him in a bad draft class and you're obviously going to need a quarterback? And also where the Broncos stand now in terms of where they're at and if they're rebuilding, if they're really a contender. One thing I do want to say. Well, we um, know that
1: they are for sale. We know that for sure. Somebody tweeted that out, and that was an incredibly poignant point to make.
2: That's for sure. The one thing that I think is is interesting is – for all the negativity about the NBA and how players have m- too much power, mm-hmm. this will now be the third straight year where a quarterback dictated and kind of changed the league in terms of Tom Brady, yep. Matthew Stafford, and now Aaron Rodgers and, what happened and, to last and Russell Wilson. What happened to last two? Super Bowl champs. So. Exactly.
1: And we know that the Denver Broncos are willing to use this – particular roster construction and they got so Peyton pieces. yeah exactly and so that's why this plug and play there are enough teams now that can that know how to build squads like this and so it's just figuring out what your plan is executing it to the best degree that you can and then when those opportunities to quote shoot your shot come around that you do it and I think that's exactly what Denver did and I think they know that bringing a Russell Wilson type of name or Aaron Rodgers was was also attached, but apparently that Russell was their kind of guy that they wanted to. That was yeah. kind of option A.
2: They did say that that the Rodgers decision didn't yep. affect. And the, Denver's since some the Senior greatest Bowl. fans
1: in the world, just like every other press conference you've yeah. ever heard too. But the sale of the Broncos ownership absolutely impacts this this type of decision, be that in the urgency that it's made or be that in just the willingness to consider it. Because I'll tell you what. You think Russell Wilson's worth a couple more million dollars in valuation with the Denver Broncos versus Drew Locke or whoever else no, they're going to run out there?
2: That's inarguable. Yeah, yeah for and sure.
1: So I think it's a good move for for all parties involved. And ultimately, if somebody isn't happy with their situation or where they're at, until that is rectified, there is really no um, reclamation for me until we, we see an example of it. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will be an example of that, where a, br- a bridge can be burned from both sides. One on accident or by just, like, ignorance, one purposefully with every single match that he could find, and then coming back together around the hearth of success and then finding <laughs> a way to uh, to to settle the scores and let bygones be bygones. I guess that's exactly what the 75th anniversary was for the NBA. It's potentially what's cooking up in, uh, in Green Bay, and uh, hopefully we'll see early returns for the Denver Broncos because I always hate it when – a team makes a big move and then it doesn't pay off for them because if anything, it kind of scares away the creativity and the swings from other well, people. They're, but they're
2: in a super good position. Yeah.
1: And as, as we just mentioned last two years, those teams willing to swing at the big uh, quarterbacks. It's worked out for them. A uh, few things worked out for us over the weekend. If you are a wagering person, we know we are anticipating March. I mean, we're in the March. We're not in the like, tournament time quite yet. But we get into plenty across the world of sports with a Z with Joe Ostrowski on the other side of the break. Here. Let's get to our conversation because we got to have time for stretching, for breathing and <laughs> for making that damn money. 11-4 in the bet.
2: On the line is the host of BetQL Daily and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Joe Ostrowski. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. Be sure to listen to the BetQL Daily Podcast for more of Joe Ostrowski's analysis. Just search BetQL wherever you find your podcast.
1: Happy International Women's Day, Joe O. Is there a woman that I could place a bet on on the betql.com page? Because we could at least offer an over-under for swear words for me per hour, and I would hammer that over if it were indeed offered.
3: Real oh man so how long did it take and how many slip ups have we had where uh, the dump button has been pressed since uh, you came over to this space
1: I've had zero dump button uh em- oh, employments but I yet, I, I sidestep very well and I walk right up to the edge as uh, <laughs> we always do I'm not afraid to give a little bit of crap to you and. Other things, but I know that I, for one, am very happy as a Vikings fan that we won't have to go to Seattle to face Russell Wilson in prime time and get our ass kicked every single year. But how are you feeling about this seismic shift in the NFL landscape?
3: You know, I mean, just the NFL—they just own it. You know, it's March. It's supposed to be about college basketball. And they just decide, okay, we're going to take over March 2. This is a 12-month sport. We had the combine last week. We've got all sorts of odds changing with the number one draft pick. But, uh, yeah, this is where we sit. You know, I'm dealing with all these Bears fans that are all upset. Aaron Rodgers is back. This is a good thing if you're in the NFC. Mm -hmm. Because now you've lost a second good quarterback in the conference. Tom Brady retires. We're let's go with the assumption that he's not going to play football this year. And now Russell Wilson flips to the other side after hearing for years and years that he was going to be traded. Uh, so th- this is huge. I mean, we could talk about the second best quarterback in the NFC because maybe we go to Stafford, maybe you go to Dak Prescott, which doesn't seem, he doesn't seem like he's met expectations yet, but big movement in the odds today, the Broncos go from the third favorite to now the second favorite in the division Leap progging the Chargers at plus two fifty. The chief's odds come down. They're nearly even money to win the division. Denver goes from eleven to one down to six to one for the conference. Super Bowl odds nearly cut in half, twenty two to one, down to twelve to one. And Russell Wilson is now in the mix, according to the odds to be the MVP. He goes from thirty one to one when he was with the Seahawks to now fifteen to one. Big formula for MVP winners. Double-digit wins, obviously the stats have to be there as well, and typically you have to be a one- or two-seed, which we've seen for a very long period of time. But, but man, things really wide open for the NFC. Not a lot of great quarterbacks. Uh, just in time as, uh, you know, things are shaking up with the broadcasting crew. I'm sure the people at Fox are a little concerned uh, that, oh, that Aaron true. Rodgers is the only good quarterback that they have left that they're paying all this money.
2: No, honestly. And, and speaking on that, so now with the NFC being wide open, you brought up the Rams. Of course, a lot of players, Von Miller, OBJ, a lot of different players are going to be coming in and out of that Rams team. Uh, are the Packers with Aaron Rodgers staying? Are they now the odds favorites for the NFC?
3: Oh, no doubt. They're the favorites for the NFC, and that number was also nearly cut in half. It goes from plus 600 down to plus 350 for the NFC. Uh, Lindsay, in the NFC North, I know you're interested because of the yes. Vikings, they go from minus one minus 155 to minus 200. You have to bet 200 just to win 100 on a bet for the Packers to win that division. Your Vikings plus 325, the second favorite. My Bears, the third favorite at plus uh, 800. The Packers are the third favorite for the Super Bowl at 10-1 to 1 now, behind Casey and Buffalo, and his MVP odds even got shorter. They're saying, yeah. Sure, why not? He's won back to back MVPs. Maybe it'll happen a third straight time. He's eight to one for the MVP, and I never felt Rogers was leaving this division. Because why would you leave this division that you dominate time and time again? I mean, and just the conference, you look at, at some of these divisions and the quarterbacks that are there, like I mean, the rest of the NFC East outside of Dak. Uh, the NFC South, I, I don't trust any of those quarterbacks. I don't think we even know those quarterbacks uh, at the moment. So it, it feels like a free walk to the Super Bowl. We know it's not that easy, and we also know the Packers have not been very successful, even though they might be great in the regular season. It's been a long time since Aaron Rodgers has participated in a Super Bowl.
1: And that's what we truly remember, and that's why he hasn't accomplished jack squat in over a decade, and we are happy <laughs> to Sing it from the rooftops. And we already kind of touched on how this has changed uh, the NFC side, but in specifically the AFC West, as we mentioned, has gotten way more competitive. There always is a response move. Like we didn't really anticipate, we anticipated movement, but maybe not Russell Wilson into this particular uh, division. So is, is this, does this impact the Raiders draft free agency? Like where do you think that fortifi- fortification comes in? Cause all of a sudden you're playing six games a year where there's no cream puffs anymore.
3: It, is this, the best quarterback division we've ever seen
1: might That's be I'm wondering
3: right now yeah I've, it's hard to come up especially um with, with the scoring that we see now with, with this game and how the rules have gone it's hard to come up with a better division when you talk about top to bottom and say what you want about Carr. he's still viewed as a top 12 quarterback and it's certainly fair when you look at his numbers that they, they were in the playoffs so are, are they going to have that ability to to have that fast start. Like we've seen in recent seasons, they were the only team in the division last year that had a negative point differential. That's why a lot of people were down on them so much and chargers. Are they going to charger (laughs) and the Broncos, the last place team. So what, what do you do there? I mean, listen, you don't, I'm not saying that Carr is a super bowl caliber quarterback, but you make all these changes. I don't think McDaniel decided to make the move to the Raiders to to now okay now let's decide that we're going to start over at some point so you know after a double digit win season I don't think they're going to change that much they're going to kind of do what they can uh, because you, the approach that you have to take and I and I know all these teams look at the division first and it's the easiest path but really you have to look at the entire conference and it is scary. I would not want to be in the AFC when you just go up and down the list, all of these young quarterbacks approaching their prime. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that's where we're at. I mean, Mahomes, do we know what his prime is? He just probably had his worst season. And when does prime uh, end?
1: It ends in your 40s, I guess.
3: I don't – yeah, I don't know. I don't know. the, The other thing is Russell Wilson. Is he still top 10? I don't know because they kept changing the quarterbacks there. I mean, the play callers there in Seattle, he didn't have great weapons. They kept messing with the run game. and They wanted to run more than they would pass, and he was dealing with a finger injury. He came back way too early, so he didn't look like good old Russ. I'm not quite sure what they're getting, but what we do know is there are a lot of gr- great, I'll say great, young quarterbacks in this that conference. So It's going to be challenging, and there are teams like the Colts. That What are they going to – finally do. It sounds like they're moving on from once, but they've got to, to make a big move. That's uh that's where they reside. They really don't have much of a choice. What are the Steelers gonna do? Are they just gonna roll with the quarterback that they draft uh this upcoming season? Cleveland Browns, I guess Baker's returning very talented. We trust roster. him.
1: Unfortunately. And, and Baker Mayfield yeah. we trust with our lives.
2: Unfortunately. Oh. Joe, remember I'm a Browns fan, yeah. and Lindsay's over here, the biggest Baker Mayfield fan I've ever met in my life. I'm so confused, Joe.
3: <laughs> I know. I know. And, and then there's the team that was in last place that nobody's really talking about. Lamar Jackson. Is he gonna go close yeah, just, to what he was in his MVP season? I don't know, but I do know that the NFL is a whole lot of fun.
2: Yeah, just another MVP in the AFC. Um, let's shift gears and Joe, I don't want to attack you. I know you're in Chicago. I do not know if you're a Bulls fan or not. I would assume that you are. I'm just going to flat-out ask you this question in all honesty. Can the Bulls actually, and I know they're hurt, can they beat a good
3: team this season? Well, they haven't, so I'd say no. Um, Yeah, the the people online love to get at you and talk about all the players they've, they've missed. Everybody's missed time. Every team has dealt with injuries. Um, you're kind of going to be running out of days pretty soon. It's pretty remarkable the difference that Lonzo Ball, Patrick Williams, and Mike Caruso have made on the defensive end. They had no idea that it was going to be this bad, that they are bottom of the barrel, and that's exactly where they sit. And it's no surprise to me. I I called this, and people were, were sick of hearing about it, um, the start to the, the second half of the season because they have the toughest schedule in the NBA, and now we're sitting here with a five-game losing streak. They were the one seed for so long. Now they're, now they're the four seed after losing five straight games, and they're a game and a half from being the six seed. I don't think they're going to fall out of that top six. I don't think they're going to deal with the plan because of what they accomplished very early on in the season. The Rosen's MVP cam- uh, campaign is dead they need to be to one for that to occur. They're lucky that Fred VanVleet got injured and the Raptors are playing some of their worst ball right now, losing 7 of 10, because I would make the case that maybe they can fall out of that playoff race. They're 20 to 1 to miss the playoffs. Can they ever beat the a good team? I don't know. Maybe if to maybe if get them in a good playoff series. Um, the first round is so tough for the East for all of these teams. Maybe they'll win a game, but are they going to win four of seven? I, I think that was a 13th straight game last night that Joel Embiid has beaten them. Like, it's crazy. Um, so so I, I would lean no, but uh, maybe they steal one in a seven game series in the first round, but they've got to be 100% healthy. They're, they're finally getting a little bat- battle tested and uh, they're coming out on the losing end. They have not beaten a team that's a, a top three seed this year. You
1: no know, beating good basketball teams right now, Joe. The hottest team in mm. the NBA. That is your Uh-oh. Minnesota Timberwolves. There is no question Carter. attached to this. This is just a statement of a fact. <laughs> we'll move on to hockey because that's truly where it's important because I mostly hate this Golden Knights-Flyers matchup tonight. I would just bet on Marcia own so Atkinson to score and probably an over on Alex Petrangelo's stick handles if they offered it. But that Ducks-Blackhawks game tonight is going to be a very important tilt, not necessarily for the standings of either team, but there are going to be hella scouts in those stands. And we know that Alex DeBrincat yeah. is vibing. He has a goal in three straight games. But you love the Devils scoring in the opening 10 minutes. Do you even hold that against the avalanche tonight? Are you willing to put your money on that?
3: Ooh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I certainly would in those first 10 minutes. Everybody's betting on the Avs. They're getting 80% of the bets. That number on on the uh, money line is minus 233. Mm -hmm. And everybody's betting on Vegas on the road at Philadelphia tonight. So everybody's doing that. Um on that blackhawks front isn't it isn't it kind of alarming when you see the Blackhawks as favorites on the money line?
1: yeah the ducks are they bad mean, right now though
3: yeah and, and the ducks have been terrible in chicago they've uh they're what they've lost what the last five
1: they and are what they are only, they know exactly yeah, they're who only they
3: are. four in their last four in chicago but uh so I guess that's why that that would explain it a little bit. But, man, um, c- can I throw a question at you? Because I do feel, you know, I feel pretty good. We were talking about the Kings possibly mm-hmm. winning the division. Now, now they've gotten things back together. they won a few in a row uh, here. We talked about that at 18-1. to 1. Um, Tell me what the thinking is when it comes to Jack Adams. Like, I'm basically mm-hmm. trying to figure out, if we could have a mid-season switch and Boudreau as a long shot at 50-1 oh, has any
1: chance... If now you're speaking to my language, Joe. Now we're getting into some theory here because I, I actually really like that pick of Bruce Boudreau, but as you kind of talked about MVPs and how you have to have you know your 10-win season when we're talking about the NFL, I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, that being the Vancouver Canucks, I have a really tough time seeing the no. votes go that way, especially when you have Daryl Sutter and as probably the leader in my clubhouse, also in division with the Calgary Flames. He's been able to turn that team around when he joined midseason last year, and then they've made a couple of really good moves. But the real person, I think, that pushes Daryl Sutter over the edge in my mind is Johnny Gaudreau. This is a guy that a lot of people have been waiting for him to kind of arrive, and he's been a smaller, skilled player that a lot of people have – foresaw high ceiling potential for but he's realizing that this year and 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 playing at a level that we haven't seen and even on the skill or uh in the support players as well like the Maggi characters although although he has cooled off as of late but I like the I like the line of thinking with Boudreau I really do.
3: Long shot. We're just yeah. trying to get in the mix here for a long shot. What, we're four points out? Four points out of the playoff spot.
1: Yeah, we got to find ways yeah. to stay engaged because it's not like our teams usually go that deep into playoffs Mm-mm. if they make them at all. But either way, you are here to guide us through all of our wagering things, Joe. Oh, and we truly appreciate you taking time uh, out of your busy schedule, especially as you're off to the field with the fam.
3: Hey. And hey, next Tuesday when we meet, mm. we're going to talk about the brackets. Awesome.
1: Okay, so now is the time to start paying attention to college basketball. Got it. Absolutely. (laughs) On the list of things to do, thank you so much, Joe. Oh, Have a great rest of your evening. Coach up those kids. Uh, That was the host of BetQL Daily and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider Joe Ostrowski. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Head to driveway.com. Today's shop. More than 25,000 new and used cars in driveways. Nationwide inventory. And on the other side of the break, scout and about and a very, very special Twitter account that everyone needs to follow. We really need new phones. T-Mobile
0: will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? a here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. <laughs>
1: Not exactly the most feminist of anthems, but I can certify that this is a banger. This is, is a banger. banger. This is a certified banger by the 2011-2012 Lady Hawks. This was a big party pleaser back in the glory days and some
2: unforgivable things to this song in clubs let's
1: just leave that where it is (laughs) shall we (laughs) my god like ah the good times with the hockey team you know just wholesome and inclusive and setting up so many people like myself with the support needed to go out in the world that usually says get out of here women we don't want you But you know what? You got down and dirty to that in the club. And so that needed to be put on the same pedestal.
2: (laughs) Oh, don't say
1: Not the first person to put the cat up there. But that's all right. But what we're trying this week is this new bit where we're trying to get listeners a little bit more engaged with our show. Now, we're not looking for phone calls. Everybody can do phone calls. Everybody can do phone calls. But not everybody can be a scout. Not everybody can find a line of thinking or analysis. And that's what we're looking for, or I should say from – from you. Uh with the Scout in About Bit, where we're asking you to DM your submissions with the hashtag Scouts, S-C-O-U-T-Z. That Z part, very important to our branding here at the Playmakers. But our theme of the week I chose uh, is roster readditions. So players that are poised to return from injury or whatever that we think would add the biggest boost to their team and why. So like I provided like a boost scale. Yesterday I did Mark Stone. I said At worst, it's a 7 out of 10. At best, it's a 9 out of 10 because he's the captain. He's expressive. Mark Stone, all that other stuff. And then I forget who you included. I did uh,
2: Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball. Alex Caruso
1: and Lonzo Ball. That's right. Exactly. And so today, I have chosen Zach Cassian for my uh, roster re-edition that I think would add a big-time boost to the Edmonton Oilers. Now, they have a lot of guys out of their roster right now, Adrian. But Zach Cassian broke his jaw in February, and he's been skating around and stuff, but He is just such a, not just a physical leader. He can skate. He can play down low. He can start that little uh, kind of whip up tornado around the opposition's net when he and like Ryan Nugent Hopkins are rolling. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is also injured, but he scores goals and makes life easier for his line mates because he is here to wreck stuff and people have to take note and notice of him. So I think at bet at worst, it's like a four out of 10 at best. Given who's on that team, usually, maybe a 6, but it's a helpful 6 out of 10.
2: Okay. I like it. Mm -hmm. And also, just to clarify with everybody, uh, you can DM us. You can uh, just send us a tweet as well. 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. On Twitter. What's your Instagram? Or what's uh, your, Twitter? your Twitter? Lindsay
1: Brown 35 L-N-D-S-E-Y-B-R-O-W-N, and then the numerical value of 35. And we're not putting any creative parameters on this. If you want to send us a video, if you want to write it out, if you want to do, like, a PowerPoint presentation, like all the cool kids in college are doing, like, whatever you want to do, we want to hear from you. And so, yeah, so Hashtag nice. Scouts, S-C-O-U-T-Z. Who are you picking today for your roster? Re-addition? Oh, with
2: mine, it's a man who I want to say his name, but he can kind of introduce himself. Hold okay. on. I've been so many places
0: in my life and time. Sung a lot of songs. I made some bad
2: He's not done. I've acted out my life and stages. Good singer, right?
1: I guess.
2: I'm talking about Victor Oladipo. That's
1: Vic. Slick Vic. Over there, yes, That's Vic- him singing.
2: Yes, he is an R and B has an album, very fantastic. Hey, uh Yeah, he, he can, can sing. hit some notes. Yeah, he can. Uh, from Victor, the Miami Heat. Yes, uh, last night was his first time that he stepped on the basketball court since April eighth of last year. Wow. And by the way, people like because he's been in the league so long, just like a lot of these dudes at such a young age. Yeah. Still only twenty nine. By the way. Um, last night against the Rockets, Victor Oladipo had 11 points in 15 minutes. Uh, his first game wow, back, like I said, that's
1: productive considering the, the the roster that he's hopping on too. That's very good news.
2: Yeah, no, four for seven from the field, efficient two for three from three. Love it. Uh, one rebound, four assists, and then my favorite moment um, off the dribble, driving to the basket. Basket was crowded. Got a monster dunk in the paint. Right side or uh, left side? right side of the paint, right Stop. side of the hoop, okay. the basket. Um it's the type of stuff that if I was a heat fan, I'd want to inject that in my veins because that's They're my what pick right now. Yeah, that's They're what so they hot need. Right now. absolutely. And so the Heat are hot. If I, <laughs> right? <laughs> um if I had to give it a number um out of 10, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 um at best, 5 out of 10 at worst. Uh I'm I'm paying attention to how this is going to fit chemistry-wise because mm. the heat and we've talked about this earlier, there's a lot of dudes Max Strauss, Caleb Martin, um, Gabe those Vincent. those names I would
1: think of when we're thinking yeah. of Miami Heat.
2: These are dudes that have made a name for themselves so much so that at some points in the season, ESPN.com didn't even have a picture of them yeah. um, to be able to be put up. But this team has been the number one proponent of it takes an entire roster. They've been takes the number village. one seed. Um, they played the most home- away games this season, Um, That's not going to happen. They have the easiest schedule so far, so I just want to see if he can make some headway into that rotation. So Victor Oladipo is my guy.
1: Man, he's he's certainly a name that could put him over the edge, especially with how competitive that Eastern Conference is, and considering the powers that tend to gather around, like I don't know, Philadelphia.
2: And his voice, yeah, Yeah. just my mention. This is the
1: voice.
2: (laughs) You were not expecting that. I love it. No, my
1: brain's on fire right now. But what else is new? It is International Women's Day, in case you haven't heard from Boston. Anyone else? Uh, I just posted a picture to my uh, Instagram that's a little bit different than my Twitter handle, at LNDZBrown35, of last year's game between the Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks, where it was Patrick Marleau's record-setting night. The Golden Knights obviously wore the Golden Chrome Domes because they're A-holes, but um, I organized a picture between everybody in the press box. And I just sent like a note down the row and I said, Hey, let's meet in between, you know, second and third, let's take a pick because we're never going to see a record like this be broken, let alone see it in person again. So this is like a, a moment. Uh, I'm the only woman in the picture,
2: the only,
1: the literally the only woman. Um, and so if you want to take a gander at that, if that's not proof of, uh, about like how far we still need to go, maybe you got to check out this Twitter account because this was brought to me or at least to my, uh, algorithm feed called at pay gap app or gender pay gap bot what they what this account does is that anytime a professional organization tweets out anything related to international women's day they tweet out the actual hourly difference between men and women workers in their so I thought we, this is an incredible, incredible service that is being provided to everyone. Exactly. It's needed. Which one sticks out to you? I mean, there's like thousands of them because it is a robot that's just tweeting these out. It's an algorithm that's that's finding these. But. So
2: let's do this. I'll read the tweet from these businesses. Okay. I'll try to give you my best corporate voice. And then you as the voice of reason okay. on this show, you're going to give us the actual facts. So let us begin with Ryanair an mm. Airline. Ryanair gives a big shout-out to the accomplishments of our fantastic female leaders who have helped us navigate through this challenging year. Happy International Women's Day from everyone here at Ryanair.
1: Mm. And with like a really good collection of photos, a bunch of different women that clearly work for their, their organization, Happy International Women's Day, hashtag choose to challenge, Um, this organization, Ryanair, Uh, Women's mean hourly pay is 62.2% lower than men. So they really care about the women. Mm. Mm.
2: We move on to other businesses. West Midlands Fire Service. On International Women's Day and every day, we're proud to celebrate the amazing contributions of women throughout our organization and beyond. We are determined to break the bias so we can provide the best. Break that
1: bias.
2: So we can provide the best possible service to west midlands many and varied communities
1: what's the difference
2: 4%
1: 4% that's lower not the, i than mean men's. it's not 60
2: yeah lower and
1: some of these actually are, are there's like they're equal or it's like 0.2% difference i mean some of the more recent ones that our recent tweets are at least but some of these 60 40 10 15 20 it's everywhere that damn sexism so do yourself and everybody else a favor and try not to contribute to it people and think about it. Extra long. Extra hard. Because we got a whole nother hour on the other side of the break. We back with the sports. Love for the bet.